Come on. Hey, why don't we stand together? I'd love for us just to pray before we begin. I just think that there's so much power in, in just taking a moment, no matter what your week's been like, to just be like, you know what, God, this is your moment. I would love to hear from you. Uh, so why don't we just pray? Jesus, we thank you for your powerful word. Again, we believe it transforms lives. And we believe tonight that you're going to speak to us, encourage us, maybe even show us some stuff uh, that we need to work on. We believe that you're going to work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you give someone a COVID safe high five as you sit down? That's like a distance one. And a big welcome if you're joining our online campus. It is so good to have you here tonight. Why don't we give it up for our online campus? Oh, come on, let's give it up for our online campus. We love you guys. You're amazing. It's great to have you in the room with us from online. Um, I want to do a little survey tonight. Is that okay? Uh, can I just show our hands? Who's got a job, a, a single job? Okay. Anyone with two jobs? Okay, good. You're the hard workers. Three jobs? Uh, three? Okay, we got three. Can I get a four? Four? Feels uh, like I got four. No. No, no, now he's back down from that. Anyway, four jobs. Okay, we peaked at three. That's cool. I, I remember when I was living in, in Taipei, I actually, at my peak of numbers of employment, uh, I had three jobs, which meant it was really difficult when people asked me, what do you do? People say, what do you do? And I'm like, well, on what day are you talking about? Which hour of the day? I was a pastor at a church. I had an office job that was full-time and I taught English. So it did make it a very complex kind of, issue to answer because I also didn't want to have to explain to them every time, oh, I actually have three jobs and I do this and I do this and I do this and pastor's my main calling. So I kind of just, you know, I just vibe it out, see which one they'd be most interested in. And that's the one I tell them, I'm like, oh, you're interested in admin? Well, I'm an admin assistant. Uh, you know, oh, you're interested in language learning? Well, hello, ni hao. Uh, good to speak to you. Um, and I'm just, just actually, I should just point out, I can actually speak a bit of Mandarin. I wasn't just making fun of people who do. Um, but, but, you know, I, I used to wear, I guess, a lot of hats. And you might be able to see where we're going with this. I've got a lot of hats with me this evening. And I would say, I, I still do wear a lot of hats. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a mountain bike rider. I'm a teammate. I am a co-worker. I wear a lot of different hats. And I would say that a lot of us here probably do as well. And I'd be really interested to know, if someone asked you who you were, what would you tell them? If someone said, who are you? What would you say? Maybe you would tell them about your job. Maybe you would tell them um, about where you grew up or where you're from. Maybe you'd tell them about your school. Maybe you'd tell them that you're a straight A student and then you're just killing it at life. Uh, maybe you'd tell them about your dietary requirements, you know, that you're a vegan. Um, or you're the opposite, which I find a little bit worse is that, you know, those like really over the top aggressive carnivores where it's just like they're really angry that anyone wouldn't eat meat. So it's like, I feel sorry for all the vegans out there. You're like, I'm a vegan. And they're like, why don't you like bacon? Bacon! And it's like, I'm cool, man. I like meat. If there's a vegan, that's vegetarian. That's cool with me. It means there's more meat to go around. I've not got a problem with that. But you know, there's this, just this, I don't, there's not really a name for it, but it's like the, the vegan of meat eaters. You know, it's like they're taking it a little bit too far. They've got a six point plan on, on why it's important to meet, eat meat. And it's just like, man, just chill out a little bit. Okay. I remember back in the day, actually, Talitha used to be a vegetarian for like 10 years. And um, 
Slater is not one of these kind of people, but I remember him trying to convince her that in the Bible it was okay to, uh, to eat meat. And so, but, you know, maybe that's what you'd start to tell people about. Uh, maybe you tell them, you know, about those kind of things. Maybe you tell them that you're a crossfitter. That usually comes up in the first sentence or two, doesn't it? Nice to meet you. I do crossfit. You should come join my gym. It's awesome. It's not like a normal gym. We just pump weights and we beat our PBs. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know what they do at a crossfit gym. But I wonder what you'd tell people if, if they asked you, who you are. And tonight's message, I've actually called it, I know who I am. Because I think it's so important that we actually know who we are. Identity is such an important thing. And actually, I think that our identity is the foundation of how we actually live our life. If we've got um, some confusion with our identity, it's actually going to affect how we live the rest of our life. But if we can be confident about who we are, If we can say, I know who I am, we're actually going to live the kind of life that is full of that confidence and boldness, the kind of no limits life where I can, man, just shoot for the stars because I know who I am. Are you ready this evening? So I've got some different hats here this evening. Like I said, Um, we all wear different hats. So the first hat I've got, I've got a cowboy hat. This was actually my granddad's hat. I think it's a cool one. I still wear it. It's like this kind of leather that's like almost like a rock though. It's really hard. I don't, it, it kind of stick. It doesn't have a strap, but I just push it down so hard it sticks on my head. Um, and what my cowboy hat this evening is representing is your job, right? A cowboy has a cowboy's hat. It's your employment or if you're not in a job, it's your school or it's what you do from your, with your day today. And if we're not, uh, you know, a hat, our job, our employment, that can actually become a source of identity. If people ask you who you are, it's, I'm a cowboy. A funny fact, that was my first nickname in Taiwan, was cowboy. Um, I'm not sure why. Oh, because Levi is a type of jeans, and they thought cowboys wear jeans, so my nickname became Nyoltai, which is cowboy, uh, which I thought sounded really cool. All the Taiwanese were like, that's not that cool, uh, which, which was kind of a shame, so I stopped telling people pretty quick. Uh, but it's, 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 you know, it's a hat that you can wear, your employment, your job, what you do for a living. I've also got a dad hat. There we go, dad cap. It's part of the family, you know. If you're a dad, you've got to have a dad cap. Where are the dads at this evening? I'm willing to bet most of you have a dad cap. I'm sure there's more than four dads in this meal. It's like four guys. We're like the minority tonight. Um, you know, but it represents kind of what part of, a, what, what part of the family you are. Maybe you're a dad. Maybe you're a mom. Maybe you're a son or a daughter, an aunt or an uncle. You know, for a lot of us, family plays a big part in who we are. Actually, family for a lot of us is probably the reason, at least some of the reason we are the way that we are today. And there's another thing that we can kind of get our identity from. It's almost like whose I am, which family I'm from. So we've got the dad hat. We've also got this one, which I'm going to, this is going to probably take a little bit longer to, uh, to get ready. But I've got here, I really wanted, I really, really wanted a mullet this evening. <laughs> Unfortunately, I couldn't find a mullet. So this, I thought, was like the thing that represents Australia the most after a mullet, and that's a rat's tail, all right? Especially one like this, a majestic one. You know, when we came back from Taiwan every time, it wasn't like when we got to the airport, you know, everyone, it was kind of like, 
we're in Australia because, you know, there's some accents and stuff like that, but number one reason we knew we were in Australia was the rat's tails. Yeah. You're straight off the plane, there's definitely four dudes rocking a rat's tail, a couple of girls rocking a rat's tail. I don't know how that works. Um, it does. There's this kind of rat's tail, you know, you've got the, the one that's just letting it flow. We've got this, this is a beautiful example of a rat's tail. Look at that plat. Cherie did that for me. She said, is there anything I can do this evening to help you? And I said, can you plait a rat's tail? And she said, I know very well how to plait a rat's tail. <laughs> And that's a beautiful example. It's almost like a whip. I feel like you could summon the cows with that one. Um, there's a point to this. And that's, you know, our identity can be a bit of where we're from. You know, it, it's a big part of us, you know, where we were born, where we grew up, whether you grew up in the city or in the country. You know, it, this is what represents something that the, the, the rat's tail represents where you're from how you grew up, it can be another big source of our identity. I really hope I can get this out. Oh, yes, it worked. Okay, cool. Um, the final one I got here, I got my flat cap. I didn't have a flat cap. I don't know if they're cool anymore, I guess. Anyone love a, anyone love a flat cap? Uh, Jesse Mould's like, no, no, don't wear flat caps. I think they've still, still got a bit of swag, and that's what they represent. Bit of swagger, you know? Another thing we can get our identity from is, uh, you know, it's our reputation. It's how many likes we're getting on Instagram. It's like, ooh, you know, I got my swagger on. I got my flat cap. So I'm feeling fine. That's where I'm getting my identity and my value from. It's my flat cap. It's my swag. It's who I am. And it's one we've got to be really careful of because, you know, sometimes we don't get as many likes as we expected on photos and videos on Instagram. So we've got to be careful about where we find our identity. So I wonder which of those you would kind of use to describe yourself. How would you tell people who you are? And if we're not careful, we can actually fall into the trap of getting our value and our identity from the hat that we wear. And that's so dangerous because if that thing changes, which it often does, we can then be in an identity crisis where we're trying to figure out who am I? What is my value? What, what is my worth in life? Because what we founded it on was something that wasn't stable. We've got to be so careful. We don't fall into the trap of letting things like our job, of, um, of where we come from, the kind of life that we've lived. We can't let those things give us value. We've got to get it from something that's more secure. We live in a society that is having an identity crisis. You know, comparison is just everywhere. You wake up, you open Instagram, you're instantly comparing your lowlights to someone else's highlights. Identity, our society is having an identity crisis where your value comes from the, which group you belong to or, or the words that you say or the pages that you like on Facebook or the, the social causes that you get behind. That kind of gives you value. So we've got to really know who we are. I love the movie Toy Story. Anyone seen Toy Story here? This is becoming an older reference. It's a classic though. I feel like everyone's seen it. Um, I wanted to show a clip from it this evening, but copyright. So sorry, I'm going to describe it to you, which I'm hoping will be just as good as uh, the guy who plays Woody. Uh, who I don't know. Is that Woody Allen? No, surely not. Anyway, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Tom Hanks? Uh, someone. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't know the names. I don't know the names. Uh, so this is not off to a great start, but um, basically there's this scene in the start of Toy Story 2 where Woody is stressing the heck out 
because he's lost his cowboy hat. And it's the day that he's going to cowboy camp and he's going to take him to cowboy camp. And he is freaking out because he's like, if I don't find my hat, Andy is not going to take me to cowboy camp. I mean, fair enough. What kind of a cowboy doesn't have a cowboy hat, right? If you met someone outside in the foyer in the after party eating some delicious tacos and they said, I'm a cowboy and they didn't have a hat, you'd be like, you're joking. You don't have a cowboy hat. So he's really concerned that Andy's not going to take him. And he's freaking out. And he's, he's got all the toys searching and looking for where his hat is. And there's this beautiful moment kind of happens um, when, and, and this is obviously a picture of what happens when we put our, our faith or our identity in something that changes. And, and there's this moment where Bo Peep pulls him aside and she says, you've got to stop freaking out. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. You've got to stop freaking out. And, and he goes, oh, you know, I just can't find my hat. And she says, Look under your boot. And, she, and he says, my hat is not under my boot. And she says, just look. And so he looks and he says, see, it's not there. All it is is the word Andy. And Bo Peep says, yes. And the same boy that wrote that his name on you would take you to cowboy camp with or without your hat. And I think that's a beautiful picture of how God sees us. He sees you as valuable and wonderful and amazing, not because of the hat that you wear, but because of who you are. What gives you value is whose you are. That is what actually gives value and purpose. And that's where we've got to go to find our identity. Isn't that awesome? I think that's a beautiful picture of how Jesus sees us. Not as our value coming from our job or our background. We're not less valuable because we've made mistakes or we haven't lived the perfect life. Actually, we're valuable because of whose we are. It comes from the name that is written on us. And I love what it says in Revelation 12b. It says, I will write on them the name of my God. And I think that's just a powerful picture of God actually wants to write His name and has written His name on you. If we took it as far as the, Woody, the, the, the example from Toy Story, He has written His name on your soul, if that makes sense. <laughs> a little sneaky fun. And he's actually written His name inside of you. He's written His name on you. And it, and it goes on. I'll write on you the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down from heaven. And I'll also write on them my new name. I am His. His name is written on me. So no matter what people try to label me as, no matter what people try to write on me, God's name is actually written on me. And I think that's a powerful picture. God's name is written on you. There's a beautiful story in, in, in a, a beautiful scene in Toy Story where actually Andy gets painted over. Remember where, where Woody gets done up, it gets painted over and he scratches it off and Andy's name is still there. I think that's the same for you. Maybe you have struggled. Maybe you have wandered. God is saying His name is still written on your heart. You are valuable. You have somewhere to belong. I'm preaching my whole message before even getting to any of it. Come on. It's with God that I can discover who my true identity is. That's why it's so important. It's with God who I can discover who I am destined to be. So I know who I am. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. This is important. And it says in John 1, 12 to 13, Yet all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born 
of God. It's saying, hey, you are not an accident. You were created on purpose by a God who loves you, by a perfect Father. And I know for some of us, as soon as we talk about perfect father, that that can be really hard to imagine because maybe your example of a father growing up was not that of a perfect father. But but I want to encourage you, if you want an example of what a father is, look to God. He loves you and values you, not because of what you do, not because of what you've done, not because of how great your grades are or how successful you are in the world's eye. He loves you and He values you because He created you. That's good news, isn't it? Created you on purpose, not an accident. So important we get our value from God. You know, an, an iPhone is valuable because of the name that's written on it, right? It's valuable because it's made by Appen. Uh, Appen. <laughs> Just testing that you're all awake, right? Everyone knows it's not made by Apple, it's made by Apple. That's what gives us this value. If you've ever seen an O-phone promoted on social media, you know it's not worth as much as an iPhone because it's not made by Apple. It's made by, I don't know, Orange or something. Um, That's what gives us this value. In the same way, what gives you value is the God who created you. So if you're ever wondering, man, who, who am I? Or maybe you're struggling with identity. Go to the Creator. He knows how you're meant to be. He designed you the way that you are. He knows the solution to your troubleshooting. That's why you don't break your iPhone and go to the Samsung store. You go to the iPhone store because they got the blueprints. In the same way, God created you. He's your loving Father. He actually wants you to help, to help you discover who you are. You are valuable because you're a child of God. You were created by Him on purpose, for purpose. You were not an accident. He wanted you and He's actually got an incredible purpose for your life. If you're confused about who you are, ask the Creator. He knows. And today I just did a quick search on some things that God says about you or the Bible says about who we are. And this is a pretty exciting list. And if the 6 p.m. service is the 6 p.m. service I know, I think you guys are about to get really excited, all right? Can I read just, I'm just going to read bulk a few things that the Bible says about who you are. Are you ready? Yes. Are you excited? Yes. This is who you are, 6 p.m. service. It says, I am his child. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not condemned. I'm victorious. I'm a friend of Jesus. I am accepted. I am called for a purpose. In other words, I am not an accident. I am a new creation. I am no longer a slave. I have been set free. I am blessed. I am chosen, holy, and blameless. I am forgiven. I am close to God. I am complete. I am love. That's who God says you are. So when anyone tries to tell you that you are anything but those things, you can say, hang on, I know who I am. I'm a child of God. Actually, no, I'm not a slave to that. I've been set free. I'm no longer a slave. Actually, no, I'm not going to live in guilt because I know that I've been forgiven. Actually, I might feel alone a little bit at the moment, but I know that I'm always loved by my Father in heaven. I I might be a bit down at the moment, but I know that I've got access to joy through my Father in heaven. I know who I am. So important that we know who we are. We know that we're a child of God. We know that His name is written on us. It's so important because society loves to tell us who we are and who we should be. But we can be confident because we know actually who we are. When they try to put labels on us, we don't have to worry about that. I'm confident because I know who I am. So because I know who I am, I actually also know where I belong. And I would suggest that as a child of God, you actually belong in His house. I don't know if you've ever been somewhere you felt like you didn't belong. Um, I had a long and illustrious um, rugby, rugby career. 
of two years. And I don't know why they kept me on the team for that long. And I started playing. The first game I played, I didn't know any of the rules. My mate had pressured me to come to training. I went to training to satisfy him and thinking that'll be done because I've not watched Rugby Union on TV before. I don't know the rules. I showed up. The coach said, would you like to play on the weekend? And I said, I was bad at saying no. So I said, yes. And here I am. I remember feeling just so out of place. I didn't know where to stand. I didn't know what to do. I just felt so awkward the whole first game. My friend who was playing fullback was yelling at me, telling me where to go. He's like, just over that way and over that way. I remember we had a break on the wing heading this way and I was running in as the winger. You're supposed to run to the wing, not from the wing. I remember feeling so awkward and feeling like I didn't belong. And some of us can actually feel like that in life sometimes. And I would suggest that it's because we maybe don't even know who we are can make it struggle to, to feel like we belong anywhere if we're not certain of, of, of who we are. But I love that not only does God give you an identity, He gives you a place to belong. A place to belong with His people, in His church. And church is not a building, it is actually the people. And, and, and I want to encourage you tonight, friend, that you belong here. As a child of God, you belong with His family. And that's what we call church. It's God's family. It's God's people. You know, if there was no building here, if for some reason tomorrow we couldn't meet in this auditorium, we'd still be the church. We'd still be family. There'd still be a place for you to belong right here with us. And I just want to encourage you that, you know, children are always welcome in the home, in God's house anyway. You are always welcome. The door is always open. No matter, maybe it's been a while since you visited. You know that God is just so stoked that you're coming around for dinner. God's so stoked that you're just coming and being a part, coming and being in His house. We've got somewhere for you to belong. So I know who I am. I know where I belong. And if people try to label me, I don't have to listen to that because I know I have a place of belonging. I know that I'm a child of God. I know that, that actually there is meaning and value to my life that goes beyond who I am and what I do and, and how I live my life. And I've got one more hat here, just as I'm wrapping up, that you might have noticed. And uh, it's, it's a helmet. And I think this one maybe represents for some of us, you know, maybe it was a label that was given to you. Oh, it's so comfy. It's actually my brother's helmet and um, I stole it. <laughs> I use it now and he hasn't asked for it back yet. So uh, maybe he will. But, you know, this helmet, I think it kind of represents maybe for some of us, either a label or, or something that's happened to you. And, and it's now kind of hardened you from hearing what God's word is for you. So even as we read through that great big list of you're forgiven, you're loved, you've got a place of belonging, you're actually finding it really hard to accept that. And maybe even in your heart, you're saying, well, that's great, Levi, but you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. Maybe it was even something that someone said over you at one point. Maybe they said, you're useless. You're a nobody. You'll never do anything great. You're unattractive. You're unimportant. And actually that thing has become something that you've actually started to tie into your identity. And maybe you wouldn't say it out loud, but you're starting to feel like that's actually who you are. It might even be something, it might be a mistake you've made in the past, something that you just stuffed up so bad, you feel like there's no coming back from that, that that will identify you for the rest of your life. It could be something like an addiction, something that you struggle with. And it's become like this, this helmet, this thing that's stopping you from putting on God's identity. And I just want to encourage you tonight, part of the good news about Jesus, part of the gospel, 
is that it doesn't matter actually what people have said about you. It doesn't matter where you've been or, or what you've done. It doesn't matter how people identify you. You know, society loves to kind of figure out which box we fit in and then say, that's your box now, you stay in that. You're an addict, that's, that's what you are. You're, you're depressed, that's what you are, that's where you stay. But actually the good news about Jesus is that you don't have to stay in the box. You don't have to live a victim with a victim mentality. He actually wants to take off that thing that's caused so much hurt and so much pain and actually show you who you really are and who you're meant to be. Just because your life was like that doesn't mean your future has to be like that. Just because you came from a rough family doesn't mean that you're gonna have a bad family. Just because you know, had no dad doesn't mean that you're gonna be an absent father. Actually, that's the good news about Jesus that who you are and who you were and what you've done does not define how your future has to be lived. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. I want to encourage you, friend. You are not your mistakes. You are not your failures. You are not your depression. You are not your addiction. You're a child of God. You're free. You can live in freedom. You can overcome. You've been justified. You've been forgiven. You've been redeemed. You've got a new creation, a new life, starting with Jesus. You might struggle with some things, but that does not have to define you. That is not who you are. You're a child of God. And I'd encourage you, maybe you identify with having that kind of helmet. I'd just love to encourage you, would you just take it off this evening? You don't have to live like that. You don't have to let that identify you. Take off the hat and, and step into the identity that Jesus died so that you died for so that you could have. You know, as a beloved son, a beloved daughter, bold and confident, going to change the world. That's who God would say you are. So I know who I am. Do you know who you are? Yes. Are you a child of God? We know we're children of God. We know we've got a place to belong so we can live confident and bold lives with the knowing that actually my foundation is set on the love of God that will never change no matter what I do, no matter where I go. Isn't that good? Hey, would we stand this evening? I'd love to pray for us. Maybe you're here this evening and, and you've never made that decision. Maybe you've never even heard that you can have this amazing identity with God who loves and, and has a plan and a purpose for your life. I'd love to just encourage you just to take a step towards Him. You know, maybe it's hard to understand all those good things that He has for you, but would you just take a step towards Him? Start to open your heart to Him. And, you know, if that is you, if you want to make a decision to follow Him, you could say a simple prayer like, Dear Jesus, I want to follow you. Would you come in and show me who I'm meant to be? Would you reveal to me the purpose and the plan that you have for my life? And I believe you're gonna go from strength to strength, bold and confident, knowing and being able to say, I know who I am.